shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. The cancel culture is born of the inability of an opinion to withstand the scrutiny of thoughtful debate. Craig D. Lounsborough. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airways as an outreach service of the Be The Story World charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. For today's show, Be The Story World wants to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a, do- with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. That's www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. Make sure to listen to Express Yourself wherever you listen to radio or music. iTunes, Amazon, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, and more. We broadcast from the Empowerment Channel on Voice America Radio, the largest radio network in the world. Salutations! I'm Kirthi, your host for today's show. And I'm Julia, and today we're going to talk about cancel culture for today's show. In segment two, we'll have Kirthi with her philosophical contemplations on how cancel culture is ruining our society. In segment three, Kirthi and I will be talking about our perspectives on cancel culture. But right now, I'll be telling you how technology is both driving cancel culture and our only hope to stop it. Hello, hello. It's Julia back with Passion in Action. And today, we're talking about how technology is both perpetuating cancel culture and our solution. Technology, right? We love technology. To be honest, I spend more time on my phone than I spend interacting with my own family. And it's not just me. Commenting, liking, swiping. It's as second nature as breathing to us. I know when I pick up my phone, I immediately auto-swipe to Instagram. I even recently had a friend call me while she was taking her shower. Crazy. Sometimes I wonder that if even during the apocalypse, I might have to wait an extra second to send a video to my friend. I mean, priorities, right? And no, I don't want to give you the same technology is rotting your brain, meh, meh, meh talk that we've all gotten. Honestly, technology and social media are amazing. It connects me with my cousin in Taiwan. I can use DoorDash to get McDonald's whenever I want. And you're not going to get canceled for admitting that. But sometimes we can connect without feeling truly connected. Remember when the internet was just cat videos and that terrible what-are-those trend? Now, the heinous 2008 tweets of all our favorite celebrities are being exposed. Cancel culture is like the Regina George of social media, always ready to put someone in the burn book. 
Social media is the ultimate gossip party where everyone's invited. That's where cancel culture gets its full powers. It's all thanks to these platforms that let us spill the tea on a global scale. Hashtags used to be about trends, like hashtag throwback Thursday. Now they're like digital pitchforks ready to mob someone for an old tweet. Ever noticed how your social media feed always seems to agree with you? It's like the universe is conspiring to tell you that your opinions are the best. Well, that's not a coincidence. So sneaky algorithms. They only show you stuff you'll agree with, click on, and share. But here's the kicker. When we're surrounded by opinions that match ours, cancel culture can thrive because we forget there's a whole world out there with different points of view. And of course, there's the viral outrage. It's like a wildfire that starts with a single tweet. You see one post and suddenly you're caught up in a storm, retweeting and piling on without knowing the full story. It's like when your friend hypes you up over a new Netflix show and convinces you to binge watch it in one night, only to realize that that cliffhanger ending isn't as epic as they made it sound. That's the mob mentality behind cancel culture. So how did tech create this monster? Well, it's all about the freedom of expression meets the power of anonymity. Anyone can be a keyboard warrior and cancel anyone for anything. Like that time they wore socks with sandals or something like that. But seriously, technology has amplified our voices to a global scale, which can be both empowering and dangerous. But technology isn't the big bad. There are tons of ways tech is helping us fight cancel culture. A new exciting innovation is AI-powered content moderation. Picture AI is the ultimate content bouncer, but instead of kicking out rowdy partygoers, it's kicking out offensive tweets and posts. AI content moderation systems can learn from vast data sets and adapt to evolving language and context, making them effective in identifying hate speech, harassment, and other problematic content. They can work 24-7, ensuring rapid response to emerging issues. For instance, if an inflammatory tweet goes viral, AI can swiftly detect and flag it, minimizing its risk before it spirals out of control. Another amazing one is fact-checking in media literacy apps. Think of fact-checking apps as your friendly internet detective, always ready to bust the myth or expose the fake news villain. They're like your digital Sherlock Holmes, solving the case of misinformation one click at a time. Picture this. You're scrolling through your social media feed and a news article catches your eye. But before you share it, your fact-checking app gives you a gentle little nudge, pointing out that the story might be misleading or missing key details. With these tools, users become, can become digital detectives, verifying information and promoting a culture of accuracy and critical thinking. What about a place where you can battle it out without whipping out the pitchforks? Online debate platforms are like the intellectual playground where you can swing from one idea to another without worrying about falling in a pit of insults. Think of these platforms as digital debate clubs. Users can choose a topic, join a debate, and present their arguments backed by evidence. It's like a sport for the mind, promoting constructive dialogue rather than keyboard warfare. Imagine logging into your favorite debate platform and seeing people from diverse backgrounds engaging in thoughtful discussions about climate change or the ethics of AI. Blockchain-based reputation systems are like having an online resume that's protected by an army of digital bodyguards. It's your online guardian angel, ensuring that your online reputation remains untarnished and trustworthy. Users accumulate verifiable online reputations based on their contributions, which can help counterbalance the impact of cancel culture by highlighting personal growth and positive interactions. 
basically, when users come angrily knocking, they are faced with a giant wall of all the good and positivity you've spread in one place. One cool thing about the digital world is how you can reinvent yourself with just a few clicks. Think like your Instagram profile. New pic, new bio, and bam, you're a new person. And guess what? This isn't just for your Insta to be more aesthetic. It's also a chance for people who face cancellation to show that they've changed. Imagine a celebrity who messed up big time. Instead of disappearing, they can use social media to say, hey, I messed up, but I'm really working on it. It's like a public apology and a promise to do better, and it can teach others something valuable. Tech also lets us document our growth journey. Let's say you tweeted something insensitive years ago, but now you can go back and acknowledge that you were wrong. It's proof that people can change and grow. Oh, and speaking of sharing content, content creation platforms like YouTube and TikTok give us a space to talk about how we've learned from our mistakes. You can make videos or podcasts about your journey. It's like a digital diary of your growth and resilience. And here's where it gets awesome. Tech can help us have meaningful conversations. Imagine a live stream chat between a comedian who got canceled for an old joke and people who were hurt by it. They can talk it out, find common ground, and heal together. I always binge those middle ground videos on YouTube where they bring together people from two opposing viewpoints. And I always end up tearing up because it's kind of beautiful how in each video, the debaters realize that their clashing perspectives are both the human perspective. Tech companies also have a role to play in turning cancel culture into council culture. They're cooking up features like apology templates and prompts to remind you to think twice before you hit send on that tweet. So in the age of tech and cancel culture, it's not about blaming the tools, but using them wisely. We, the teenagers of today, hold the keys to the internet kingdom. Let's use them to build bridges, not burn them. And together, we'll launch our journeys into the cyber world filled with laughter, understanding, and of course, funny memes. That was an awesome segment, Julia. Make sure you stay tuned for our next segment, where we'll dive into this. Where we'll dive into my segment. You'll be stuck with me again. So, hope you guys are looking forward to me rambling about my philosophical contemplations about how cancel culture is ruining our society. We want to hear your thoughts and we want to answer your questions. So email us at info at bethestoryall.org. That's info at bethestoryall.org. Check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and our creative community site at www.bethestoryall.org. You can get involved with Be The Story World Charity, make a donation, buy books and t-shirts in our store, sign up for our free newsletter, and again, make a donation to Be The Story World. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, 
energized and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with us at Be The Star You Are Radio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Welcome back to segment two of our radio show. Today's show is all about cancel culture, and right now we have my co-host, Kirthi. Take it away. Salutations from your favorite nerd extraordinaire. Not nerd extraordinaire. Not today. That's right. We're taking a break from nerd extraordinaire. Again. Oh, what a woe. British Kirthi is still on her Luxembourg vacation. I'm still in freshman year, and for some reason I have less homework than I did in middle school. I was expecting a boatload of homework to be dumped on my head on the first day, yet right now it feels like elementary school. I think that I'm kind of jinxing it right now, but I feel so unproductive. So, life is good. Boring, but good. Now, back to the hamster wheel of staying on topic. Ladies and gentlemen, distinguished guests, and fellow aficionados of absurdity, today I stand before you to discuss a topic that's as contentious as pineapple on pizza, cancel culture. Now, I won't claim to be an expert on this topic, but I do know a thing or two about the power of humor, and I believe it's time we took a closer look at how cancel culture may be taking itself just a tad bit too seriously. First off, let's acknowledge that we live in an era where the internet has given everyone a voice. Even that guy who insists on writing Yelp reviews for public restrooms. Different people have different ambitions for their lives, and I guess yours might as well be writing Yelp reviews for public restrooms. The First Amendment guarantees us the freedom of speech and expression, but with great power comes great responsibility, or in the case of social media, with great anonymity comes great audacity. As civilians, as civilians, we have this irrevocable power of hiding behind a nonsensical username and inducing chaos. Cancel culture, it seems, is the modern-day equivalent of taking your neighbor's parking spot, but instead of a passive-aggressive note on the windshield, it's a full-blown online outrage. Now, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but remember the good old days when cancel was something you did to a magazine subscription? Now it's like a trendy hobby that everyone's trying to outdo each other in. It's like a reality TV show, only without the prize money and with way more virtual pitchforks and way more feelings of being hurt. Cancel culture is like the Hydra from Greek mythology. You cut off one head and three more pop up. You can't keep track of who's been cancelled, uncancelled, cancelled, partied, and then re-cancelled for being cancelled in the first place. It's like the inception of outrage. Cancelception. 
It's not just a rabbit hole, it's a rabbit black hole. But here's the thing, folks. It's all fun and games until someone accidentally cancels their own grandma for baking a politically incorrect pie. Can you imagine Granny's shock when she logs into her Twitter account, only to find herself trending with hashtags like hashtag piegate and hashtag bake offensive? It's not exactly a recipe for family gatherings. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand the importance of holding people accountable for their actions. We shouldn't tolerate bigotry, hate speech, or any other form of harmful behavior. But here's the problem. Cancel culture has evolved into a digital witch hunt where everyone's a pot potential witch, and you're just one retweet away from being the next broomstick enthusiast to go up in flames. We've reached a point where comedians are scared to crack jokes, authors are afraid to write outside their own experiences, and politicians are more concerned about a decades-old tweet than they are about, well, governing and doing their job. In the world of comedy, cancel culture has become like the comedic equivalent of navigating a minefield while juggling flaming torches. And this issue is especially severe for comedians. Comedians have always pushed the boundaries of what's socially acceptable, using humor to shine a light on uncomfortable truths and challenge prevailing norms. However, in the age of cancel culture, comedians are tiptoeing around topics like they're trying to defuse a bomb. It's as if humor has been put into a straitjacket and the punchline is now on life support, awaiting approval from the Twitter jury. But let's not forget that the comedy, at its core, has always been a mirror, reflecting society's absurdities and contradictions. When we stifle comedians, we are stifling the very voices that have the power to expose and critique the issues that we should be addressing. So perhaps it's time for us to lighten up, have a laugh, and remember that comedy, even when it's edgy, serves as a vital release valve for our collective stress, and a catalyst for important conversation. After all, a world without laughter is like a joke with no punchline. It falls flat. The internet starts to nitpick every single word we say and turn it into something offensive that we didn't mean to say. It's like trying to have a conversation with someone who's constantly checking their phone for the latest cancel-worthy offense. You're left talking to a zombie in the midst of a social media apocalypse. And, wait a second, I'm getting a call. And... It's from, it's from British Kirthi. British Kirthi's supposed to be in Luxembourg right now. Huh, British Kirthi says that she's going to make a return soon. Well, I'm not looking forward to that. Now, off of the topic of British Kirthi, let's delve deeper into the whimsical world of cancel culture and explore why it's time for a reality check. One of the fascinating aspects of cancel culture is the sheer unpredictability of who might be next on the chopping block. It's like playing a game of Russian roulette, except the bullets or tweets from a decade ago. One moment you're the hero of the internet, and next you labeled an enemy of progress for not being woke enough. It's a bit like fashion trends. What's in today might be cancelled tomorrow, and what's cancelled today might become trendy in the future. Imagine trying to keep up with your wardrobe in such a fickle environment. Let's not forget the absurdity of cancelling people for things they did when they were younger. We've all made regrettable choices in our youth, whether it's wearing cargo pants or posting cringe-worthy selfies with questionable captions. Does that mean we should all be permanently banned from all of society? If cancel culture had its way, half of the world's population would be forever stuck in a never-ending cycle of public apologies. Moreover, cancel culture often neglects the possibility of redemption and personal growth. People can change, learn from their mistakes, and become better individuals. But in the court of cancel culture, once you're labeled, you're marked for life. 
It's like a digital scarlet letter that never fades. Surely we can't believe that people should be defined by their worst moments. In the quest for social justice, cancel culture sometimes loses sight of its original goals. Instead of promoting understanding and dialogue, it fosters an environment of fear and silence. People are afraid to express their opinions or engage in thoughtful debates because they feel the wrath of the internet mob. As a result, important conversations about complex issues are drowned out in the cacophony of outrage. One particularly ironic aspect of cancel culture is its potential to inadvertently promote the very ideas it seeks to suppress. When you try to silence someone or something, it often draws even more attention to them. It's like trying to put out a fire with gasoline. It only makes things hotter. The Streisand effect, as it's known, teaches us that sometimes the best way to minimize the impact of an idea is to let it wither in the shadows, rather than giving it the spotlight of controversy. Take this. Say you really love your phone, and your mom tells you to stop being on your phone all day. Don't you get that rebellious teen spirit that makes you purposefully be on your phone 24 by 7 just because your mom pointed out the fact that you were always on it? It was, it's reverse psychology, which is a human tendency. Additionally, cancel culture often operates on a simplistic, guilty-until-proven-innocent model. Instead of engaging in nuanced discussions or fact-checking, accusations are hurled, judgments are passed, and careers are destroyed in the blink of an eye. It's like a digital Wild West where the fastest trigger finger wins, regardless of the truth. This kind of rush to judgment undermines the very principles of justice and fairness that society should uphold. Furthermore, cancel culture has a chilling effect on creativity and innovation. When artists, writers, and creators fear backlash for pushing boundaries or exploring controversial themes, they are more likely to play it safe and stick to well-trodden paths. The result is a cultural landscape that becomes stagnant and devoid of the fresh perspectives and challenging ideas that drive progress. And let's not forget the impact on mental health. The constant threat of public shaming and social isolation can take a toll on an individual's mental well-being. We've seen people experience anxiety, depression, and even contemplate self-harm as a result of the relentless attacks from online mobs. It's a sad irony that in the quest for social justice, cancel culture can perpetuate its own form of harm. So now, where do we go from here? Well, it's not about doing away with accountability. It's about re-evaluating how we approach it. Instead of canceling, let's engage in constructive criticism and dialogue. Let's foster a culture where people are encouraged to learn and grow from their mistakes, where forgiveness is valued as much as accountability. Ultimately, it's crucial to strike a balance between holding individuals accountable for their actions and allowing room for redemption and growth. After all, if we want to create a society that thrives on understanding and empathy rather than division and judgment, we need to rethink the cancel culture phenomenon and find a more humane and compassionate way forward. And let's not overlook the dark side of cancel culture, the false accusations and mob mentality that can ruin innocent lives. It's a bit like a virtual version of the Salem witch trials, where rumors and accusations can lead to a real world lead to real world consequences without any concrete evidence. The line between justice and vigilantism becomes dangerously blurred. So, my friends, while cancel culture may have started with noble intentions, it's time for us to take a step back and reconsider its impact on our society. Instead of canceling, let's educate, engage, and empathize. Let's build a culture of forgiveness, understanding, and second chances. After all, if we cancel everything and everyone, what will be left? An empty digital landscape where nobody dares to speak their mind 
for fear of backlash. And that's a world none of us should want to live in. Through the eyes of the woke person, every single thing that ever existed would be offensive. We live in a world full of 8 billion other human beings who all have their own unique personalities and aspirations and ambitions and backstories and opinions. We are all different, and if someone has a different opinion from us, does that does absolutely nothing but help us all learn from each other. In the immortal words of Dr. Seuss, Unless someone like you cares a whole awful lot, nothing is going to get better. It's not. So, let's care about creating a more balanced and compassionate society. One where cancel culture is a humorous relic of the past, rather than the feared specter of the present. In conclusion, my dear audience, cancel culture has its merits. But it's time we found some balance. Let's remember that laughter, understanding, and open dialogue are far more potent tools for change than canceling someone out of existence. While the allure of cancel culture may be strong, it's worth considering its far-reaching consequences. Let's channel our energies into building bridges, not walls, into encouraging dialogue, not censorship, and into fostering a society where understanding and empathy prevail over outrage and judgment. The world we create today will shape out the future for generations to come. Let's make sure it's a world where the light of reason and compassion shines brightly. So, next time you feel the urge to cancel someone for a misplaced comma or an ill-timed pun, take a step back, breathe, and maybe share a meme instead. After all, in a world this crazy, we could all use a little more laughter and a little less outrage. Let's cancel, cancel culture together, or at least give it a timeout, and may we all embrace the complexity of human nature and strive for a more balanced and inclusive society. That was amazing! Make sure to check out our radio site at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com, buy books and t-shirts in our store, and make a donation to Be The Star You Are at www.bethestarur.org. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The positive message outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and entertained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel want to see what voice america is up to behind the scenes follow us on tiktok at voice america talk radio
You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hello, and welcome back to Express Yourself. I'm your host, Kyuti, and today's show is all about cancel culture. And I'm Julia. In this segment, Kyuti and I are going to talk about what cancel culture means to us. So, Julia, as a teenager, do you feel pressured to conform to other, conform to other cancel culture trends on social media? And why or why not? I definitely think so. I feel like when I see like some sort of crazy, I'm on TikTok a lot. When I see a crazy TikTok that says something that's completely outrageous and probably untrue, my first instinct is to send it to everyone I know. I guess I kind of like controversy. It like gets conversations started. And also, I my school is in we're in the middle of California, so we all have a very similar political opinion. And the thing is, I don't really get to hear outside perspectives a lot, which kind of limits how I view the world. And I feel like I also live in California, and I feel like because we all have similar political views, like anyone who kind of stands out or has slightly different views from us, like we kind of outcast them and we don't acknowledge the fact that, you know, as a society, we're supposed to have contradicting opinions, and that's what makes humans human. So what do you think about that? I agree. I mean, several times, um, classmates or, like, faculty members at my school have, like, spoken out about something, and people have, like, labeled them because of that. Like, I feel like nowadays we, like, flinging around labels, maybe we're saying racist or homophobic, even if that's not necessarily true, and we need to think about, you know, ourselves and what they truly said. And I think a lot of the time we just find it easier, like, slap a label on that and be done with it, when that's not necessarily the right thing to do. Exactly. I feel like it's kind of a human instinct to resist change or anything that seems alien to us. Like if we see someone using, like maybe wording something in a different way, we immediately feel pressured to attack them for it and slap this, like how you said, slap this label like homophobic, racist, sexist onto them. So have you or your friends ever felt afraid? to express your opinions online because of the fear of being canceled. Yeah, I mean, I mean, one time my friends, we were doing like some sort of little debate, right? And someone was taking a con side that they didn't necessarily agree with. And some of my friends, they were joking around. They were being like, oh, whoa, that's so racist of you or something like that. And that friend got so agitated and just terrified. Like they shut down. They were like, no, please. I don't actually identify with that viewpoint. Even though it wasn't like an extreme viewpoint at all. It wasn't something that was racist or homophobic. It was just something based on policy, where of course we can disagree. But my friend immediately attacked the point, say, oh, I would never believe something like that. That's for bigots and stuff like that. And so I think a lot of my friends are quick to kind of push themselves away from any other kind of perspective so they can fit in with everyone else. Exactly. Like, I feel like that's kind of a valid fear, though. Because when you get cancelled, like, you kind of get erased from the world. I don't know if you've seen, like, um, there was this actor, I think he acted in It. Um, His name mm. was Jack Dylan Glazer. And I forgot what he was cancelled. I think it was, like, um, he was cancelled for something. And they, like, started, 
like censoring his name or like sometimes they're like who's Jack Dylan Glazer is he a celebrity I've never heard of him even though like it's obviously sarcastic like they act like he's never existed or they censor his name as if they're censoring like a swear word or a slur which I feel like is really offensive to that person so canceling is something very scary I feel like it's such such a valid fear to have but that's kind of not your fault for getting canceled it's more our society's fault for thinking that canceling people like that is okay. I completely agree. I mean, people are losing jobs now over being over something they said when they were a kid. Like, I understand, like, most of us aren't really that wise or conscious of what we're saying when we're 16. But now people are digging up old things because of the internet. We have, like, a permanent record of everything you've ever thought. People tweet out things they don't mean when they're just a kid, and then later it resurfaces, and they lose their jobs, and they lose their relationships. And it's just so terrifying and scary. I mean, we have to be, like, really conscious of what we put online, because it can just resurface any time. Exactly. Because, obviously, you're a different person. Like, say, we were adults. Like, when we become adults, we're definitely going to be different people with different viewpoints, different ambitions, and different opinions on different things. So it's unfair, especially like when they're younger and when they're like a kid. Like obviously we'll all have some level of immaturity when we're, you know, under the age of 18. So I don't feel like we should be held accountable for actions that, and even like something as minor as like tweeting something slightly politically, I don't know, politically outstanding, politically alien maybe, like having a political opinion that no one agrees with that you tweeted when you were a kid that's like such a small thing to fuss over and i feel like people shouldn't be held accountable for actions like that and something i see in cancel culture is that a lot of people like they make these arbitrary connections between things and they kind of use those connections to kind of point that you either being racist or homophobic or sexist or some ist that you're being some kind of discriminating person and they slap this label on you again. So even if you don't say something that's offensive, they kind of twist your words and put words in your mouth and kind of make it seem like you actually did do that thing when you didn't. So I feel like that's one big aspect of cancel culture. Definitely. And like, it's kind of heartbreaking. Like people don't really like a lot of the time. I mean, I'm not speaking for like all instances of cancel culture, but a lot of the time people don't realize they're being hateful or they're offending a certain group. Maybe they like misuse pronouns or something like that. And it's just a complete accident on their part. And they feel like really remorseful and they want to fix it. But people are so quick to just assume that they meant to be hateful and attack a certain group when maybe they just like weren't conscious of how they spelled something or just weren't thinking that day. Or maybe they were young, like you said, they were under the age of 18. So it's just terrible to ruin a person's life over one small mistake that they probably didn't even intend, just something that's an accident. Exactly. Like the... I think it was like the Haley Bieber and Selena <laughs> Gomez drama. <laughs> like, they kind of um dropped down to the level like the whole reason they were canceling Haley was because she was being mean to selena or whatever right because she was not being kind and she was bullying i guess bullying is what they called it and she was bullying selena but they're basically doing that to Haley. they're kind of going down to her level even if she did genuinely do something wrong going down to her level is not gonna fix that you should be the better person 
and show that person who committed some wrong action that this is not how life is supposed to be. You're not supposed to bully other people. But instead, like, canceling her and censoring her name and acting like she never existed or, like, uh, something I see a lot of people do. Just, like, go to all of her Instagram posts and, like, spam a bunch of hate comments. Like, saying, oh, you... Like, unrelated things. Not even saying you're a mean girl or something like that. Like, there are also so many comments saying, oh my gosh, you're so ugly. Oh my gosh, you're trying so hard. Like, no one likes you. Stuff like that. Like, completely unrelated stuff. Like, what does Hailey Bieber's looks have to do with any of that? So they kind of hate on her and be even worse than how she was which is something i feel is like really ironic about cancel culture yeah i completely agree and like if you look at what Haley did a lot of the stuff they're just assuming was meant to hurt selena gomez like exactly Haley and selena gomez were friends like they've been seen taking pictures together and laughing together like the drama is kind of fabricated a little bit i'm sure there was like some tension but it's not even that real and i mean i think it gets even more problematic when you start canceling kids like on tiktok and on youtube there was this video where a bunch of teenagers got together and they had to like split money or decide who would get like a large amount of money and one of the teenagers was this girl that everyone's now calling um fish girl because she was a little socially awkward i think she was on the spectrum and she kind of she said some things that might have been a little offensive because she was probably overwhelmed and she didn't she thought it was like cool to be in the presence of all these older teenagers and trying to impress them because she was only like maybe 14 at the time and she she said all these things about how she wanted to be a marine biologist and use the money for that. But people focused on, like, the cringy things that she said. And now she's, like, publicly hated. And she, like, gets death threats on a base- daily basis. And she's, like, 15 years old right now. So a literal child who didn't understand what they were saying is now getting death threats. Like, that's taking cancel culture way too far. Yeah, I feel like cancel culture just disregards the fact that people can redeem themselves. And, like, no one is perfect, first of all. Like, I feel like no one who, like, really realizes that. That, like, other human beings, they're not perfect either. We're not perfect. No one is perfect because it's impossible to be perfect. We all have our worst moments. And we can't have our whole character be judged by our worst moments. Like, good people can do bad things, bad people can do good things. Just because you did one bad thing doesn't mean you're a bad person who deserves to be forgotten by everyone in this world, or like, hated on by everyone in this world. So I feel like, especially when you're a child, and you don't know what you're saying, you shouldn't be held accountable for those actions, because we all, it happens to the best of us. Even if you're the most well-spoken, socially flourishing person in the world, you'll still mess up one time. And you shouldn't... Does that mean you can just cancel that person if they mess up one time? No, because we're all human beings. We're not, we're not gods. We're not magical. We don't have some magical power to say the things we actually mean to say all the time. Yeah, I agree. And, I mean, we're just, sometimes we're just not conscious, like, we're not perfect. Like, we mess up and we say things we don't mean, and it's kind of silly to cancel people over a couple words. But I feel like cancel culture might sometimes have, like, some positive benefits. I feel like, especially when you're not canceling, like, a specific person, maybe you're canceling, like, a brand. Because when we all kind of come together and say, this is clearly wrong, you need to stop, it can have 
it can like address some important social issues. I don't know what you think. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like that's less cancel culture and like more like protesting, maybe. Like there's a thin line. I guess in a way it could be considered cancel culture. But like I guess yeah, when you're like um canceling quote unquote canceling a brand. And you come together. That kind of does the exact opposite of what cancel culture is supposed to do. Like cancel culture, as we have discussed before, is like supposed to create this negative environment and divide us all, and like uh, isolate everyone who doesn't have the same beliefs as us. But I feel like protesting against a brand like that kind of brings us together and kind of has us share our beliefs with each other. And yeah, I feel like that's like a really nice thing. That might be one positive aspect of cancel culture. Yeah, I mean, maybe people will claim like, "Hey, we're protesting against bullying," talking about like the Hey Beaver and like Selena Gomez drama. But really, they're not. So I think a lot of the time we can think that we're doing some sort of protesting when really what we're doing is like calling people names and playing into cancel culture, like you were saying. Exactly. Like especially like. Cancel culture in general is really targeted towards like celebrities, and I feel like this belief that celebrities are perfect is kind of it's kind that's kind of supported by this belief that like celebrities don't do anything wrong. They always look awesome. They always say what you want them to say, but they're not. Like we never we never acknowledge that cele- celebrities, even if they're famous they're still human beings and they're still people they still have their own flaws they make mistakes and what cancel culture doesn't see is that they can redeem themselves just like us human beings do so i feel like that's maybe it doesn't apply to um 14 year old girl like fish girl quote unquote example like i guess it doesn't apply to that because that girl technically wasn't a celebrity but maybe like anyone who's on the internet and like relatively famous is kind of considered as perfect in a way yeah i agree i mean i remember when people would do things like there was this one element uh not element elephant there we go um (laughs) from a sing you know do you know the sing movies like it's about like a koala and all that stuff but people there's this one scene where i think her name was mina i'm so sorry mina if i'm getting your name wrong the (laughs) elephant um she like sings this happy birthday song and she kind of is a little bit extra she does all these like little trills and stuff like that yeah people were like she's such a pick me i hate mina and i feel like that's more okay because she's a animated character she's an elephant (laughs) but then another thing that was kind of similar to this is in the show uh the summer i turned pretty there was this character named Sky, and Sky was kind of similar to Fish Girl in that um, their character was like a little bit socially awkward and would say strange things. But then what people did is because they didn't like Sky and they canceled Sky, they went and targeted the act- actor that played what? Sky. Oh, that's just unreasonable. I mean, yeah. Well, it would be hurtful if, like, suppose you played a character. And you were just kind of coming on as kind of yourself. You know, you didn't have all this crazy makeup and people would comment things like, they're so ugly or like, yeah. I hate them. Like, imagine how that would feel. And also, like, the person who played Sky was like a relatively new actor. Like, they hadn't been acting for that long. That must have been crushing. And people were like um, watching videos of them with the cast interview and like criticizing how they acted, saying it was so cringe. I feel like that's just 
so terrifying to be put in the limelight like that. And we forget that these celebrities aren't like Mina the elephant. They're real people. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like this is like one Taylor Swift quote. I forgot like the exact words of it, but it was like a famous, we like to like, we as people like to see famous people kind of like be hung up like disco balls and like hit and beaten and basically, that's what we do. We kind of berate pe- famous people for doing, like, something that we don't like. I feel like this whole concept of cringe in general, like, acting cringe, that's that's really hurtful. Like, if you tell someone that, you, oh, you're acting like a pick-me-girl, oh, you're acting cringe. Unless, like, they're actually insulting someone. And based by what you're telling me, like, Sky, Sky's actress, or Sky is not insulting anyone, but she's they're still being cancelled for no reason. That's like a really interesting part of cancel culture because cancel culture by definition is like kind of if you say something slightly wrong or twisted, then people hate you. But if you just say something, if you just act in a way, like if you just exist in a way that other people don't like, then they'll hate on you and send death threats to you. Like that's horrible. And, like, also you were, like, saying, like, oh, they were leaving comments that Sky is ugly and stuff like that. Again, like, this is completely unrelated. Even if you didn't like the way Sky was acting, why would you comment on their appearance? Like, I feel like that's that's just so shallow, that's so low, and that's definitely not what we as a society should be doing. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... We as a society like things that are shallow and low. Like, it's kind of fun. Not fun, but, like, people get some sort of, like, satisfaction out of, you know, going for things like how a person looks or calling them cringe. Like, there's this idea of cringe culture that kind of comes from ourselves being insecure. And because we're insecure, we kind of go, oh, well, they're so much more cringier than me. They're so awkward. And I feel like the idea of cringe is really tied into cancel culture. That's, like, interesting what you were saying. Yeah, I feel like cringe culture especially. Like, these days, people are calling everything cringe and making fun of everything because they're insecure about themselves and they just want to see make everything else seem horrible and view it, like, in... What's the opposite of rose-colored glasses? Like, in view it in a negative light and nitpick everything that's negative about it. And pointed out. That's kind of what cancel culture does, too. That's really interesting to point out. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of, like, just in my own friend group, like, we call everything cringe. Like, maybe I'll send a text with a bunch of emojis and people will be like, cringe. It's like our default response to things. Like, shy away from anything that's different. Maybe if we recognize that someone's passionate or really cares about someone, automatically it's cringe. It's like we're afraid to think that there's other perspectives. Exactly. Like, I feel like even, like, with the passionate thing, like, it's like a suppression of emotions, kind of. Like, it's kind of like you're jealous, in a way, of them having a nice, passionate relationship. Like, I've seen, like, a lot of people who, like, a lot of those movie, not movie, those YouTubers, like, on YouTube who, like, write those, not write, like, make those video movie reviews, basically calling all of these like romance movies oh they're so cringe because oh my gosh there's like there's like lovey dovey scenes in here which is so cringe i feel like that's kind of a suppression of their own emotions and how 
feel insecure about their own life and how it seems perfect in romantic movies, but it's not in real life. It's kind of like jealousy in a way. Yeah. And this is for like the benefit of everyone's listening. If you like don't know what cringe is, cringe kind of like started out about being like a cringe moment. You know, like moments where you wake up like months later, you're like, oh my God, why did I call my teacher mom or something like that? But now like being cringe is like a crime. It's like um, trying to make fun of others for their interests or passions or how they look and how they act. And you can call something cringe when you find it awkward or kind of weird. So that's like what I define cringe as. I don't know if you like define it differently. Well, I would say like basically the same thing. Like when someone is awkward or acting in a way that makes you feel like secondhand embarrassment, maybe like in a way that people like people don't like people think is silly or weird or alien. It's kind of the same thing that you said. But yeah. yeah. No, definitely. I think that's like a great way to put it. And I mean, I feel like cringe in the beginning was like about empathy almost. It was like, oh my God, yeah, that's also so cringe. Like relating to people when they said something that embarrassing that happened to them. And now it's like we put that label on people and we can cancel people just for being cringe. Just for like existing kind of. Exactly. That's terrible. Like, we're we're ending their jobs and, like, making them feel terrible about themselves just because they're cringe. And, like, yeah, we don't even like, have a good definition. Yeah. We're, like, targeting them just because they act in a way that we don't like. Just because, like, the personality is, like, in, like, it's not even offensive to anyone. It's not affecting anyone. It's not any of our business. But we still put this label on this person and we still don't like the way they're acting so much that we think that this person deserves to, like, have their life completely ruined. Yeah, I think cancel culture is, like, and cringe culture is just making our society just much more negative. It's, like, making us have this I-hate-everyone mindset and constantly be on the hunt for people that we can tear down. And that's terrible. Like, cringe started being about empathy. Cancel culture started with trying to, like, unify people against, like, uh, like a common evil, almost. But now it's about tearing people down for no good reason besides their identity yeah like you said in your segment like we're not supposed to be burning down bridges we're supposed to be building them definitely i agree i mean it's so interesting how like cringe culture kind of supports cancel culture it gives us a reason to go after people we can be like oh well it's fine because they're cringe it's like a justification almost yeah, you just, like, slap this label onto this person saying the cringe, and then automatically that entitles you to ruin their life and hate on them and blate their appearance, like, which is completely unrelated. But still, it's just so, so strange how we think that, that lo- like, a lot of people, everyone thinks that that's just okay to ruin someone's life just because you're kind of different. Mm-hmm. Do you think, like, how adults might look at cancel culture is different than how we, we like, might view it? Because, I mean, we have, like, a bunch of social media, and I know my parents, they're not as much on social media. Do you think there's a difference? Have you, like, noticed one? Well, I mean, maybe, I feel like people are, like, harder, like, when it comes to, like, who's the victim of cancel culture, I feel like people are harder on the kids than they are on the adults. 
maybe I don't know why, but I I just feel like that. Like maybe it's because they're like kids are supposed to be the cool ones. Like if an adult is being cringe, like you're probably not gonna cancel them because there's this teenage mindset like kind of implanted into our brains that kind of like says, oh yeah, adults are cringe. Adults adults are cringe. Like basically they do everything that's that's supposed to be cringe or that we label as cringe. So I feel like we kind of expect adults to be cringe, but when it comes to like teens, we expect them to be cool like we are and like not be cringe. And like when they are cringe, we're a lot harder than on them because we didn't expect them to be cringe. I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, that actually makes sense. I feel like we're harder on people who are like us almost. Like when we recognize someone like is kind of similar to us, maybe they like say embarrassing things like we do. We want to like push ourselves away from them as fast as possible and call them cringe before anyone calls us cringe almost. So that's kind of terrifying. I mean, how do you think we should like help support um, like people who, because I mean, teenagers go come into this world. They don't really understand cancel culture. And the next thing they know they're canceled. How do you think like, us and like also our parents can like support us well i think like to battle cancel culture in a way like the first step is kind of to create a positive environment and most importantly an inclusive environment like be accepting of other people's opinions and acknowledge the fact that you know we live in a diverse world with diverse beliefs and diverse opinions and if we actually acknowledge that fact just the fact that we we would be able to deal with contradicting opinions or like different personalities in a better way than just attacking someone and ruining their life. Yeah, I agree. This conversation has been like absolutely mind blowing. But unfortunately, we're out of time for today's show. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be the Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially our audio engineer, Andrew. Thanks to our guests from across the world, and a huge thank you to our listeners for making us a top-rated program. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity, visit www.bethestarur.org. Find us on Instagram at Express Yourself Radio. Embrace dialogue, not division. Empower voices and don't silence. Always remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars to shine between the lines if you would let yourself